This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage. I'm Chad Gunner Lale. All right. Thank you once again for being with us. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I, I got a lot of great feedback. I know we both have uh, from last week's episode. And what's funny is that was not our plan. We had actually planned to have a guest on and, uh, you know, um, he had some stuff come up and wasn't able to get on with us and our schedules wasn't able to line up, but man, that, that episode last week was real and it was, it was just Holy spirit led. Yeah. It's one of those. And I've had, you know, you mentioned, I've had a few of my buddies reach out and just uh, thank us for that one. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, thank us. Thank the Lord has kind of led us in that one. Like you said, we planned on a guest, man, didn't work out. Um, but throughout the whole day, I, it was just one of those where you and I were kind of like, well, let's just, uh, let's just get on there. And we, we said, we'll call it on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be dangerous sometimes, but you, when you, you know, we tend to just try and trust and rely on the Holy spirit. And that's one where we did, man. And I'm, I'm very thankful because uh, it was a good conversation. I think it, it's going to reach a lot of people. Yeah. Well, you know, it, when, when you go, when you talk about things that you have been through or that you are going through, um, it always seems like the Lord really uses uh, those things because it's hard to, I remember as a kid, uh, and this is nothing against the preachers that I was, I was seeing, but I remember being a kid sitting on the church pew and, and looking up uh, behind the podium and seeing this uh, pastor in his suit. And, you know, he looked nice. He sounded nice. And he, he it always seemed like he had it all together. And it, it was always, it almost seemed like, uh, they were always pointing the finger and saying, you, you need to do this and you need to do that. And if you're not doing this and you're not doing that, then you're not where you need to be. And, and, you know, it always seemed when you get it from that. And and a lot of that, honestly, I just go ahead and tell you, because I know that there's probably a lot of people listening out there uh, who are agreeing with me right now. Now there are some preachers who try to get up there and just condemn and act like they're better than everybody. But a lot of times when we feel uh, when we feel that, uh, when somebody's preaching a lot of times and we feel like they're talking directly to us, uh, a lot of times we need to, uh, we need to pray about that because that's probably conviction from the Holy spirit telling us, Hey, uh, this is an area you need work in your life. But mm-hmm. I remember listening to, uh, to preachers as a kid and, and just looking and being like, man, they, they have no flaws. There's, there's no problems in their lives. I can never live up to that standard. I just will never be able to live up to that standard. And then, you know, once I was called into the ministry and began preaching and realized, wait a minute, I've still got flaws. I've still got things that I'm going through. I'm still going through tests. I'm still being tempted by things. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was thinking, I'm not right with God. Something's wrong with me. But that's where the Lord began to mold me and show me that 
we go through things so that we have a testimony to be able to speak to others and to share because there's always someone out there who has or is going to go through what you have went through. And that's why we go through things in our lives to help others. Yeah. Oh yeah. And any good pastor is going to tell you straight up, man, I am not perfect. I have flaws. And, and, you know, that's why I have whatever elders or uh, assistant pastors, cause we all work together. You know, it's, it, um, <clears throat> and it, you know, reminds me of uh, once again, you know, we can, can always talk about Paul and the disciples and the apostles in the Bible. And, you know, you look at these churches that Paul helped plant and he would all through the, the new Testament, he's writing letters back to these churches going, okay, he's correcting them. He's rebuking them. He is uh, showing love to them or telling them good job on this, but maybe we need to work on this. Uh, these churches weren't perfect. And I'm, and, and you know, Paul, um, there was only one perfect man. It was Jesus Christ. Right. You no, know, we, 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 there's no arguing about that. So you look at Peter, you look at all the other disciples, uh, the imperfect people. So it gives us hope. And you and I were talking a minute ago before we started recording about um, the new transition for me in life, like the schedule, it's just some different things going on. And it's just a matter of, okay, how do we, uh, as a, as a husband, you know, as a father, um, how do we do this right? <clears throat> because God's not up there shaking his fist at us, telling us, you know, um, he, he, Oh, you wait a minute. You didn't get up in the morning and spend 15 minutes with me. No, no. I mean, it's really, it's figuring out how we can be better godly men. And it's daily thing. Like we talked about last week. It's, it's one of those things like before for me, it was, I was a Sunday Christian. Mm -hmm. Uh, I woke up and, and oh man, I heard it today where, uh, someone said, Jesus didn't die for a 20 minute sermon and $5 in the tithing bucket. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that is, I said, that's really, really good. That kind of punched me in the gut. And cause that's how I used to live. It's like, Oh man, I just need to go Sunday, get this 20 minute feel. And I'm out. Mm -hmm. But really it's like, dude, how can we just walk in the ways of the Lord every single day? How can we be Christ? Like, of course, we're not going to be sinless because we're going to mess up and have flaws, but really how can we just uh, stay in the word, be built, know that we got these flaws, but know that the Lord daily, if we seek him is helping us just kind of uh, mold ourselves to be more Christ-like and be better Christians. Exactly. You know, uh, last week, I ran across a podcast. Me and you are constantly shooting each other podcasts and uh, YouTube videos and sermons and stuff back and forth all the time. Um, and I ran across this one and it was talking about, it was talking about fathers and it was talking about family and yeah. man, you know, I sent it to you and it really, I've listened to that thing, I think, three or four times since then. I, I've went back and listened to it. It's only about 15 minutes, but I've went back and listened to it over and over, just, just thinking about this. And you don't realize things uh, until the Holy Spirit brings it to your attention a lot of times. Um, but, you know, something that's missing in today's culture is godly leadership in the home, uh, mm -hmm. you know, spiritual uh, fathers who are spiritual leaders in the home. There's a lot of good dads who provide, who go to work and they, they, you know, put food on the table and, uh, you know, a roof over their head, clothes on their back. Uh, but, but as far as spiritual leaders, there's a, we're lacking in today's society. And, uh, Man, when I, I was listening to this podcast, it just really, 
really hit me and was talking about what the first thing that he talked about was bringing back the dinner table. Yeah. And man, that kicked me right in the gut because, you know, when my kids were, when my kids were little, we used to sit around and eat, uh, at the, at the table all the time together Mm -hmm. and everything. And until I really heard this. And I mean, I know that there's been times where I'm like, you know, I wish my kids would come in here and sit with me. Uh, but I never really pushed the issue, but man, after I heard this, after I heard this podcast, the Holy spirit really started dealing with me about it. And, uh, I saw where my family has gone and it's, it's, it's not, they've gone astray. It's just that, Okay, so my dinner table, uh, we only had four chairs. I've got five in my family. So for us to all sit around, we were having to bring an extra chair, and it was a small table and everything. And so um, so really what it ended up doing is sitting over in the corner, and it became my DZ, as the, as the family calls it. It's my daddy's own. And, you know, it's where – where my Bibles are stacked up and notebooks and notes and papers and just all kinds of stuff where I read and study and pray. Uh, so it just become the DZ and, and there was not any room for anyone to sit uh, around it except for my chair. And, uh, you know, once I started hearing this and I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, we really need to, we really need to bring the dinner table back, start, start having mm-hmm. meals together again and sitting where there's no phones, no TV and, and just, just sitting and, and having conversation and talking about our weeks, talking about the day, talking about the Lord and just cutting up and everything. And so, you know, I, I realized that what is happening and, and I've got, you know, uh, 15 a 13 and a 10 year old. And so what happens 90% of the time is uh, when, when the food's ready, we all come in here, fix our plates. uh, We'll pray. And then the kids will go off to their rooms and me and Jonah will go to the couch. And it's just like, what is, what has happened? Right. So (laughs) yesterday morning I got up and man, I was really, really on this thing. And I sent that podcast like every uh, man, husband uh, and Christian leader that I knew in my contacts list. And, uh, but man, I I went over there and I cleaned off that table and I was like, this is just not going to be big enough. So I brought it out. I took a picture of it, put it on Facebook. I said, I'm selling this thing. So we sold it. Uh, took it to a buddy of mine's who bought it. And then we went to a furniture store, bought a new one that's got six chairs. So in case we yeah. want a guest or have another baby, which she done says ain't happening. Uh, so yeah, set it up and now it's the dinner table. We had, we had, uh, had dinner around it last night and it was nice yeah. just having that time to just, just talk. And most of the time we were cutting up and jabbing each other. And, but it's still fun. Yeah. If you look, if you think about it, man, having breakfast, coffee, dinner, whatever, there's so much relationship building there. I mean, I, I constantly throughout the month or whatnot, will go have coffee or breakfast with a pastor, a friend of mine, and we'll just sit and talk and we'll sit in fellowship. And two things I think of 
uh, one, if you go through the, the Bible, there's there's one thing you can point out about Jesus, and that's he loved to eat. You know, <laughs> yeah. he loved to eat. And he was always fellowshipping with the disciples, with, um, you know, uh, people he healed. You know, they would invite him into the house and they would always have dinner or always have some kind of freaking bread. And I thought about it. I shared this. <clears throat> I preached to a church back in July of last year in Florida where I, my, my sermon was basically it was called a place at the table. And I, and I said, <clears throat> you know, we got these dinner tables, uh, whatever. And we have to remember that a lot of the times Jesus is just wanting to sit there and fellowship with us. So I started thinking and I told a story of when I was a kid. And one of the fondest memories I have of, of church and growing up was uh, every Sunday after church, we'd always do a big family dinner at my aunt's house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody would just gather around the bar or the table or, you know, that, that there were so many of us. I mean, we'd all be scattered across the house, but, yeah. you know, or we would do big family reunions, man. When I was a kid where, I mean, there was, there was a hundred of us, hundred of the family. I mean, just young, old, so many different generations and we would just fellowship. And it was a moment of where you could sit, you would laugh, you'd joke. Sometimes you'd cry because of stories, mm -hmm. but I just remember it like being a moment where we'd get together, we'd pray, uh, you know, we had my grandmother and all these other people, man. It was just such a good family building opportunity. And I'm like you, dude, we, you know, I guess last year, <clears throat> my wife found this amazing kitchen table. She loved is one of those rustic things. She's got it all decorated and ended up becoming, uh, I mean, daddy's own wife's own. My Bibles were stuck there. My daughter's toys were on the table and you know, the cats were running across it or whatever. <laughs> and <clears throat> now we got it cleaned off. And tonight, you know, we get to sit down and actually have a dinner together. And it's just important because there's a moment, there's a family building moment there where you can sit, you can pray over your meal and, uh, just really just, just it, it's your building memories. And it's so important, I think, to, to just have those moments, um, as a father, you know, as a wife or whatnot, that you're getting a chance just to fellowship and not forget about that. Cause you're right. So many times we just go sit on the couch and eat dinner or my daughter is, you know, <clears throat> whatever, sitting at her little desk in the living room while we're watching TV or something. And it's just me and my wife talked about it. Let's bring that back. So when you sent me that, you and I've been talking about it. It's just, you know, it's something that we, we all need to remember that that's such a building moment that you're getting the family together. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I want to read. Uh, I want to read from Deuteronomy, uh, chapter six, verse seven, and it says, "You shall teach them diligently to your children." It's, he's talking about. Uh, he's talking about com the commandments, and he says, "You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way." when you lie down and when you rise up. So he's saying, you know, have this time where you're teaching your kids about God, have this time where you are, you're sitting and you're taking your children places and you're, but you're, you're instilling in them the, the ways of the Lord and Proverbs 22, six says train up a mm -hmm. child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, we have that responsibility as as the godly uh, leaders of our homes. And I've said this before, a lot of men get mad at me for saying this, but it, it is honestly the truth. Um, we, I, I'm talking and saying men, but uh, ladies, if you are the one following God in your home and your husband 
is not having anything to do with it or your husband is, you know, he's off in left field and he's not, uh, he's not being led by the Holy spirit, then you are the spiritual leader of the home. It is your responsibility right. to step up. We, we have to lead our families. Uh, somebody's got to step up and do it because if we don't teach our kids the ways of God, uh, this world, by the time they're in kindergarten is going to teach them the ways of Satan. So we, we really got to pay attention. We've got to spend time with our families. We've got to realize and understand that our families is our legacy. Uh, you know, from the background that you and I come from, uh, when we think of legacy, we're thinking of hall of fame. We're thinking of WrestleMania moments. We're thinking of, yeah, of all of the, this is our legacy, our, the greatest matches that we had, the, the, the things that, you know, fans remember about us. That's what we uh, think about when we think about legacy. But honestly, man, that's not our legacy. Our legacy is our family. Our legacy is our wife and our kids and what we are pouring into them, what we are instilling in them and, and helping them to grow into the, the, the young man or woman of God that they are called to be. Yeah. And, and I think about, you know, when it's our obligation as a, as a, a husband, you know, the man of the house, uh, the, the man, the godly man of the house, or like you mentioned, if, if you're in a different situation where you're the lady and your husband has nothing to do with it right now, it's your duty. And we can't, it's good that we take our children to church but I, I've heard this said many times that it's not the pastor's job to raise your child. It's, 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 you know, he's the shepherd. He's instructing us and giving us lessons or whatnot, helping us strengthen our relationship with the Lord. But really it's not his job to raise your child in a godly way. So if you're just going to church on a Sunday, throwing your child in childcare and expecting them, that's the only word that they need to hear. And that's going to make them better, uh, make them more spiritually filled. Oh man, something's wrong. You know what I mean? So uh, make it a habit to sit down with your kids. And, and we do it with, with Ava, my daughter, um, most nights, unless she's just, you know, going insane, <laughs> we will sit down in bed. She always has to say prayers, which I absolutely love. And I got a little children's Bible that we just read her a story each night. Last night we, we read her a story about Jesus being crucified. You know, it's just filling her mind with, with who Jesus is, what he's done for us. <clears throat> it's not the pastor's job. It's, it's our job as the spiritual leaders of the family to be sure that we are instructing them. Like you said, Proverbs 22, six, instructing them in the way they should go, because you mentioned a minute ago, um, if we allow it, dude, the enemy will infiltrate our families. Mm -hmm. He will, he will, he will uh, use social media. And now he's using public schools to fill these kids' minds about, Oh, you can, and we won't jump down this rabbit hole, but Oh, you can be whatever gender you choose, or this is right. This is wrong. Or the Bible's full of lies or um, you know, that's all this other nonsense that's being pumped into our kids. So we have to remember that we have to constantly fill them with the word. And really it can start at that dinner table. It can start in the morning uh, as you're dropping your kid off at school or, you know, if you're homeschooled, whatever, it can start with just saying a quick prayer with your kids there, letting them know that, Oh man, dad's dad's all about prayer. Mom's all about prayer. Like just building that foundation. You know, it says in, in the Bible that we're to build our foundation on, on that solid rock that is Jesus. And if we start that at an early age, like we did with Ava and like you do with your kids, then they're not going to want to steer. And if they do, they're going to have a solid foundation to where they know, okay, this isn't right. They're going to be convicted. The Holy spirit's going to let them know, okay, you're better than that. Uh, I have more for you. 
basically my testimony of growing up, like living wild, but deep down inside is like the Holy Spirit's like nudging me going, dude, you got so much more in you. So just, you know, we take that in consideration. Just remember, it's not, it's not the pastor's job. It's not just a Sunday where we take our kids to church. It's, it's, it's every single day of the week where we have to fill our minds with the Lord. It is. And um, Ephesians chapter five, um, I'll read from 22 on says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. We've mentioned this before. I'm going to say it again, though. This is talking to this is talking about husbands who are submitted to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This right. is not talking about husbands who are taking their families on the road to hell. Uh, it's not telling wives that you need to submit to every little thing that this ungodly man is telling you. Uh, the the wife needs to stay respectful to her husband. But when it comes to the point of, hey, uh, this is going to lead my family uh, down the path to hell, then no, you are to stand up and be the spiritual leader in that case. But Yes. Um, but it, it said, it says in uh, verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We have such a responsibility, man. A lot of people get hung up on verse 22 wives submit to your husbands. And, and a lot of, a lot of men, I, I've seen a lot of men who don't understand what that's talking about, uh, who think that their wife is supposed to be their slave. I, I've seen them look at that verse and say, yeah, wives, you need to submit. You're supposed to submit to me, woman. Yeah. But what they don't go over and understand is verse 25 husbands love your wives just as Christ also Love the church yes. and gave himself for her. Dude, Amen. we've got the bigger responsibility. We've got the bigger oh, yeah. sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're right, man. And that's one that I always, because you do have those uh, people, first of all, who aren't believers or whatever, who nitpick out of the Bible. Well, the Bible, you know, you know, uh, talks about slavery and all this other stuff. And then it talks about, you know, wives submit to your husbands, like we're slaves. I'm like, no, that's not what it's talking about. Cause if you continue to read on down, like you said, in verse 25, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I mean, dude, that's a, that's a big, that's big. Yeah. And it, can, can we fill those shoes? Um, I mean, there's a big shoes to fill. You know? <laughs> I mean, but, it, but yes, we can, if we're living a holy and godly life and really leading our family and just uh, show, you know, and I try to think about it this way, dude, there's been moments where I would sit and think when I married Stacy, my wife, whatever, six years ago <clears throat> and our daughter, Ava, five years old. And I sit and think sometime, um, God gave me those two. Mm-hmm. He gave me those two girls and th- that's his daughters. Yeah. Literally. Those are his daughters. I'm his son. And if I don't treat them with the utmost respect, then I'm just telling the Lord, you know, whatever, I don't care about this treasure that you've given me. So it's really super important that not only do we treat them with respect, as you're mentioning here in Ephesians five, but to love your wives as Christ loved the church, meaning we have to live godly lives as well. We have to be, uh, be spiritually led with our families, filling them with the Lord, um, humble and, um, 
you know, without anger and, and all these other things, dude, there's so many, uh, there's just so many checkpoints on that. Yeah. And, and this is, I want to say this and let, let everybody know, this is not from a place of condemnation. This is, this is from a place of, I know where you are because, you know, go back and listen to last week's episode. I just spilled my guts about the place of complacency that I have been in uh, for the last couple of years. So this is not a place of condemnation. I'm, I'm telling you this because, because I love you. And I realize that, um, I realize what the role of the man, the, the father and the husband is in the home. Uh, it's not just to walk around with our chest stuck out and try to act like a tough guy. Um, our role, number one, is to teach our um, families the ways of yeah. God. Um, yeah. And I also see looking at these couple of years of complacency. And, you know, like I said, it's not that my family has gone astray, but uh, my family at one time was so on fire for God. And my complacency and I, the Lord showed me this, my complacency. And this is not just my immediate family, but I can look around and see friends who was following me and who was looking, looking to me as a, uh, a leader in their life. And when I allowed myself to go into this place, I can look and see their lives and I can see things in my own family's life where they became complacent and, and that fire began to smolder. So people, uh, and especially your family, they're looking to you, men, they are looking to you to be the spiritual leader and the man of God that you are called to be. And one, one big, huge point, and this is a must for men, if they are going to be the spiritual leader of the home that God has called them to be, they must have a strong relationship with their heavenly father. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I think of a story, you know, me growing up as a kid, I remember my, I want to say it was my a cousin's house or an uncle's house where they had the old wood stove, man. And I mean, this old, you know, some people, some people listening, never even seen one in their life. You probably know what I'm talking about. Was this old, just steel stove in the middle of the house. And during the winter, you had to keep wood in that thing, mm-hmm. keep it burning, keep the fire going. Cause like you said, if, if not, that fire would go out and within hours, I mean, the house was freezing cold and then it would take, you know, a day or so for it to warm back up. And I'm just thinking about our fire burning for the Lord. If we allow that fire to go out, then our families are going to be cold. You know, that Holy spirit's not going to be, um, you know, filling our families and, and you know, uh, there's just going to be a, I don't know, man, like just an empty moment there. And Ephesians, we're, we're in Ephesians five here, but Ephesians six, one, it just talks about children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And if you go down to number four, our verse four says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instructions of the Lord. And my Bible talks about obedience here. It is a fundamental, fundamental building block for the home. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we talked about this last week, just these consecrated men and women, of the Lord throughout the years that we study, uh, they were obedient. 
They were always after the Lord. They always kept that fire burning. They always kept oil in that lamp per se. Yes. Uh, because that kept that fire burning. And really it's just being obedient, you know, through rough times, you and I, you know, we bounce back and forth throughout the week. Hey brother, pray for me for this, because you know, whatever we had a bad day or, you know, a little bit of a quarrel with our significant other or something. And if we allow ourselves to sit on that, we think we're failures. Mm-hmm. Or if we go without apologizing or we go without talking about something, and it just continues to build up. It's going to start to put that fire out, you know, and really it's just about us continuing to seek after God, being God's word, uh, go to our significant other or our kids and talk to them about the Lord and just let them know daddy's not perfect. Daddy's sorry. Maybe we have to apologize, which has always been a hard thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pride always gets in the way, but there's many times I have to go to my wife and go, I'm sorry. And, yeah. you know, we pray about it or whatnot. And dude, it's just about allowing the Holy spirit to lead us and guide us. And it goes a long way too. When, you know, my five-year-old daughter, if there's a day where she's going crazy and I have to raise my voice at her, you know, 30 minutes later, I'll go up to her and be like, Ava, hey, let me talk to you. And this quiet moment, daddy's sorry for raising his voice, but this is why. And then, you know, just tell her you love her. You know what I mean? So that that's really what being the family man is, is kind of being that strong foundation that, um, that we're building our lives on Jesus. Cause if we don't build our lives on Jesus, then there's just a big empty void there that, that our family's missing out on. Exactly. A lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of men, they would like to look at other Christians and say, well, you know, we're not perfect. And, and they, they'll point at another Christian. Yeah. Look, look at what he did or look at what she did. You know, and to try to justify uh, where they're at spiritually. But as we've talked about before, Jesus is the standard. Um, We're not supposed to be I'm not supposed to be comparing my life to you and saying, well, you messed up in this area. So it's okay for me to mess up in this area. Vice versa. Um, You know, Jesus is our standard and we constantly need to be looking to him. We need to be seeking him. We need to be uh, allowing the Holy spirit to mold us into uh, that, that person, because ultimately the, the spiritual leader of the home uh, is supposed to imitate Christ. You know? um, Yeah. Amen. Right. So we, yes, we're, we're going to, we're going to fail miserably sometimes, but that don't give us an excuse to stop. And talking to, to men out there who might be listening, who might be saying, I've, I've let my family go for so long. Uh, I have friends, I have family members who, you know, uh, have walked away from their role as the spiritual leader of the home. They've just allowed their family to, to go into chaos and, and, I know where a lot of them are. A lot of them, they, they feel like, and I've been through this myself, when you feel like uh, you're doing everything that you can to be the, the man that God has called you to be. And uh, a lot of times you feel like your family's not, not going with you. A lot of times you feel like they're not, they're not tracking along with you. And it can get really frustrating. And the enemy wants to come in and just tell you, man, just forget it. Just leave them alone. Just, yeah. just quit worrying about it. Just, just let them go. And, you know, they'll figure it out. And, you know, it's not your fault. You tried, 
you did everything that you were supposed to do. And I've allowed myself to get in that place before I've allowed myself oh, yeah. to, to get frustrated and complacent and say, yeah, okay. I tried everything that I could. I'm, I'm done. You know, God mm-hmm. d- deal with them, but it's our job to continue to pursue, to continue to teach. And, and whether we think they're not listening, whether we think they're not getting it, uh, it's our job to continue to, to pour the word of God into them and, and to, to show them like you were talking about, put our pride aside, uh, show them what forgiveness is, show them what repentance is, show them uh, that it's okay to, to ask for forgiveness and to say that you're sorry. Um, but there's a lot of men out there who, who have come to this place where they feel like I've let my family go for so long and I was once a a good spiritual leader and then I I had a failure and then I allowed that failure to, to pull me away and to, to, uh, to smolder that fire of God in my heart. Now my family's not going to listen to me. Listen, God loves you right where you are. He knows right where you are and he knows the plan that he has for you. It's never too late to get up. It's never too late to stand up and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do everything in my power and with the help of the Holy Spirit to be the godly leader in my home that he's called me to be. Yes, maybe I messed up. Yes, maybe I had a failure, but that's not going to be the end of me. I'm going to get up. I'm going to quit listening to the condemnation of the enemy telling me to just lay down and forget it, that I'm done. I'm going to get up and I'm going to lead my family in the ways of God because that's who he's called me to be. And I promise you, man, mm-hmm. that that he's going to be right there with you. He's going to be pulling you each step of the way. If you'll just get up right now and you will just step forward and say, this is my calling. This is my number one calling. And I am going to move in this direction. I promise you the Holy spirit will empower you to do it. He will forgive you for that failure. He already has forgiven you for that failure. Stand up and move forward. Right, right, right. You're right. We can't live in the past because if we do, then the enemy will just come in and continue to destroy our families. And we've got to think about the small seed, you know, an oak tree, it doesn't grow overnight. Mm-hmm. It starts out as a small seed and it takes many years for it to grow into this powerful, mighty tree that, you know, mighty winds can't knock down. And, and, and I read a book years ago and just talks about being the oak of the family. And, you know, I'm even convicted thinking about it right now. Just, you know, the, the schedule change is coming up in my life after leaving WWE and starting a new job and starting new things. And there's moments where I get agitated and irritated with my wife and my daughter. And, and I owe them an apology. And I'm going to, I'm going to apologize to him tonight during dinner. And I'm going to sit down and remember that that goes a long way that one day my daughter's going to see whether mom and dad lose a job, whether, you know, we're all going to face death, you know, our, our parents or whatnot. How does my daughter see her daddy react to certain things, whether it be someone cutting him off in traffic or whether it be, you know, my daughter spills Kool-Aid on a very nice couch, just small things, <laughs> big things. How does dad react? Does he scream and yell? Or does he go, maybe it's okay. It's okay. We'll clean it up or, um, you know, it's going to be okay. The Lord's going to provide for us. You know why? Because God is good no matter what. And that's really what it's about is being the oak of the family. And like, like Casey just mentioned, man, uh, 
if you're in that situation right now where you're like, man, it, we're too far deep, we're too far gone. No, absolutely. We're not. Cause you look at what Jesus had to deal with the 12 disciples, just messy, messy people, you know, and they slipped and they fell every single day. But what did he do? He picked them up. He led them. He continued to love them. He continued to build them. And, and that's how we should live our lives and model our lives is knowing that we're going to mess up. We're going to slip and fall because of what Jesus did on that cross. We are forgiven and we can start over every single day. We got to wake up. And when, when I roll out of bed, I, I already, I already know I'm going to mess up and I'm going to sin that day. And I'll go, Lord, just walk with me. Cause I know I'm going to slip today, but God just walk with me. Give me the words to lead my family, make me strong like that Oak. Uh, just Lord, just guide me and just be with me. And he's going to be. Amen. Brother, I, I don't, I don't have anything to add with that. I think, I think we've spoken what the Lord wanted us to speak. Unless you, you've got anything else on your heart real quick. No, man. It is, you know, I think we covered it too, dude. It's just remember that I try and think about this every single day that the world is trying to drag our kids into hell. Yes. Satan has so many different avenues now, man, between social media, schools, politics, all this other just it's garbage TV yeah. talked about this last week. Watch. We may have all the doors closed in our house, but if we open up a small window, whether it be a TV show or something, a music or whatever, the enemy's going to slip his little grimy hands in there and he's mm -hmm. going to start to kind of pepper away and chip away at our family. So we have to be the ones who stand our ground and say, no, no, no. Uh, get behind me, Satan, basically. Lord, Amen. lead my life, lead my family, make me strong. So just watch what we're allowing into our families. Definitely. Definitely. Um, all right, guys. Man, I feel like yeah. that was another another good <laughs> episode, man. I, I was talking to you today, and I said, man, I don't know if we're ever going to get through Acts. And uh, no. <laughs> you, said, you said, brother, if the Holy Spirit's leading, I, I ain't heard nobody complain, so don't worry about no. it. That's it. Nope. Nobody's complained at all. Yeah. So, uh, guys, we thank you for listening. Uh, if this is a blessing, please share it with others. Um, yes. Let everybody know about the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. If you feel led to support the podcast, you can do, through, do so through uh, Venmo. It's at Wrestling for the Faith. And also on Cash App, it's the dollar sign, Wrestling for the Faith. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, uh, Questions, comments, email us, wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. And uh, we just we just really thank, thank you. And uh, like we mentioned last week, be praying for us. We feel that the Lord is uh, about to open some doors and, and give us some direction on, on expanding the Wrestling for the Faith ministry. Um, so, you know, above all, be in prayer. Uh, for us and and I, I just keep praying every day lord open the doors that we need to walk through and close the ones that we don't so uh amen amen so we thank everybody for your support thank you for your prayers thank you for listening god bless you and have a wonderful day Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.